Hey, Anchor Church, Pastor Rob here. Welcome. So glad you've joined us, wherever you might be. You know, our prayer for you is that wherever you are, for you and your family, that you're safe and healthy right now. Really important to us. But thanks for joining us for sure. And I'm imagining maybe you might be at your kitchen table right now. Got your favorite beverage, checking us up on your laptop. Or maybe you've thrown us up on your 80-inch TV. You've, joined, you've got in your movie recliner. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> checking us out. Or maybe, maybe, amazingly, maybe you're walking the beach and you've had worship and the word in your ear and you're out in God's creation. But wherever you are, this is our new normal. Because from now on, we're going to, well, hopefully not too long, we're going to be seeing each other online. And that's just the new normal. Welcome to that. Our, our passion, though, our desire is that every week, your, the worship and the word will inspire you to be all that God created you to be through this very trying time. And we are un, in unprecedented times. None of us have ever experienced anything like this before, ever. The uncertainty that's swirling around us causes all kinds of emotions to come out of us. And I believe through this time, our, te- our faith might be tested a little bit because we're used to having control and now we realize we don't have control. And I want you to know that when those times come, I want, you to, I want to encourage you, lean in to what God has for you. Lean into him. Trust him. It's super important that we trust him. And you know what else we're going to do? We're going to lean into each other. In God's genius, he created all these local churches, like Anchor Church, so that when life happens, and it has happened, that we can be together. Yes, that's true. We're not going to be together physically. But we are going to be together. We're going to be there when everyone needs us. My connect group, and, and if you have one, we want you to stay connected that way. But our connect group, we have this big check text chain. And next week, we're going to be on Zoom. We're checking in to see what's going on in each other's life. And if you need us, Anchor Church, you need your staff, just pick up that phone because somebody will be the, on the other end of that phone. Pastor Carl definitely wants to check into you with you weekly, actually a couple times a week on, on our app, on our social media uh, platforms, uh, Instagram and Facebook, our, our website, and for sure we'll be emailing you, letting you know what's going on, connecting you with any way we can so you feel connected to us and we feel connected to you. You know, also I want you to know our prayer is that the hurricane is swirling around us crazily. But you, this was my prayer as I started this message, that you would truly feel the peace of God like never before. The word says the world can understand it. And it's a a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I'm thinking, if you're like me, never in your whole life have you needed to experience that peace than you do right now. Let me read a couple of scriptures. Write these down. These are, going to be, these are going to be scriptures that will really encourage you as we move through this uncharted time. It's in, in 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 8, it says this, For God will never give you the spirit of fear. So when you're feeling fear, it's not from God. It's not from God. This virus that we're experiencing is right from the pit of hell. 
You have to understand. The word says in John 10, 10, that he is, the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. God has not given us the spirit, the spirit of fear. Listen to this verse. It says, but the Holy Spirit gives you, you mighty power and love and self-control. And let me take it a little farther. In verse 8, it says this. So never be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. Don't be embarrassed. That's good. Hear me. There's a world out there that never even acknowledged there was a God, had a desire to know him. They lived their life I've got it under control. I don't need anybody telling me what to do. And their world, their, their, the very core of who they are is shaken to its core. Hear me. And that world needs us. Like never, like never before. We have, it said, we have mighty power. It means a lot of things that we have available to us, but let me just key on this one, one, this one, one, one idea I have. It's prayer. We have the ability, and I, I assure you, the world out there, if we ask to pray for them, they're going to go, yes. Yes, I do. I want, I want prayer. And we have, it just said, mighty power. When we pray in the authority of Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit, literally, we can change anybody's circumstances because God's working for us and through us. Are you hearing me? That's where we are. Let me read this verse out of Deuteronomy 31. Really important uh, verse for us to be encouraged by. It says, be strong and courageous. Some of your versions says this, be strong and very courageous. It says this, don't be afraid and do not panic before them. Don't panic. Don't panic. And here's the kicker. For, for the Lord your God will personally go before you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Isn't that a great word today? In the world we're living in, he'll never leave you or forsake you. So the word I want to bring you to today is a continuation of our series on changing your world. You know, the, the team got together last October to pray into, Lord, what would you have us preach about in 2020? What would you want us to say to our congregation? Back then, we planned this sermon today in October. And I want you to know this sermon is meant to be said today because we're going to talk about how to defeat discouragement. And we're using the book of Nehemiah, an amazing book. It, when you read Nehemiah, you're reading a story from his point of view about what God did through him and with him to help the people of his homeland, his Jewish countrymen. It's an amazing story of God's grace in this man's life. Yes, through the way, through the time, he, there was disappointment, there was discouragement, which we're going to talk about today. But at the end of the day, God came through for Nehemiah, and he's going to come through you. So if you're new to this, and this is the first time you join us, let me just give you a, bring you up to speed if I can on who Nehemiah was. He was a Jew living in the palace of Persia with the king. And he had one of the most amazing jobs. And if you like extreme risk and you love wine, this job was for you. Because what he did is he had to take the cup of wine and drink it before the king did. So in case uh, it was full of poison, the king didn't die. 
That was an amazing, and you know, can you imagine how close you have to be the king? You know, you have to be pretty close to the king. He has to trust you. So he ascended as a Jew to a pretty high place in that, in that, in that uh, palace. And it says, the word goes on to say that his brother and some people from the Jewish homeland, from Jerusalem, came up to meet with Nehemiah. Here's what I want you to hear. Nehemiah said, hey, how, how's my, my brother? How's my countrymen? And how's the homeland doing? And his brother said, Nehemiah, not well. In fact, we're, we're dealing with a lot of things. We're under, we're under great pressure from the people around us. We're feeling down and discouraged. Our walls are broken down. The country, our countryside is just in ruins. And here's what the word says, that Nehemiah felt a deep, deep distress, felt compassion like he's never felt before. How many know that when God moves compassion in your life, that's God's hand for, in your life to tell you to do something about it? <clears throat> and that's how Nehemiah felt. Nehemiah went to deep prayer and deep fasting and said, Lord, what would you have me do? What do you want me to do? And Nehemiah felt strong that it was his call to go to Jerusalem and to fix that wall. So he prayed, and then he had to go to the king. And he had to go to the king and say, King, hey, I'm going to need a little time off because I have a job to do. And he was fearful what the king might say, but the king blew his mind. The king says, yep, and he was with the king and the queen, and the king said, yep, no problem, you can go. And not only that, I'll go you one, one better. I'll tell you what, I'll get all the equipment and all the, all the things you need to make that happen. I'll get you all the material. And I'll even do one other thing. I'm going to give you the palace guard, and they're going to go with you the thousand miles to Jerusalem to make sure you get there safe. And he went. It says he went there. And the people, when he got there, he told them of his plan. And all the people got around him and said, man, we want to follow you. We know that we can do this. They were revved up. And how many, you know, how many of you know that when you want to do something good for God, the enemy is going to show up. And he's going to throw discouragement, discouragement at you way before you start. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Defeating discouragement. So if you got your Bibles, turn it to Nehemiah 4. Turn on your phone to Nehemiah 4. And as you do that, let me tell you a story. See, the enemy, he had had it. Satan decided, I'm out of business. I'm tired. I want to retire. I'm done with this. So he decided, I'm going to sell all my tools. So he had a garage sale, believe it or not. And he shined up all his tools and he laid them out. Lust, envy, greed, sexual immorality, jealousy. He had them all lined up, all priced right. And in the middle of the room was a really worn tool. And the guy comes in and he goes, Satan, what's the deal? This is like super worn. And why is it 10 times more than any other tool in this room? Oh, I'll tell you why. That one's special. You see, that's discouragement. And when I use that, they don't even know it's me. So today we're going to talk about how to overcome discouragement. Come with me on, my, on the ride with me. Because here's the deal. I, here's another thing I want you to know. The enemy 
The word says in John 10.10, like I used earlier, that the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. The word says that the the enemy is roaring like like a lion looking for anyone he can devour. Bring us back to Nehemiah. Nehemiah had the blessing of the Lord, the anointing of the Lord. He had the blessing of the king. He had everything he needed. He got to the homeland, and those people couldn't wait to see him, and they followed him. So everything, that should have gone perfectly, right? Wrong. Because again, when you're trying to do something right, the enemy wants to get in the way. And here's my big thought. Write this down, would you? If you're taking notes with us today. We don't face opposition when we're doing something wrong. We face opposition and discouragement when we're doing something right. This last Monday, I was talking to some of the folks in the church. We were talking about something else. But in the middle of that conversation, he, he said, hey, you guys, Pastor Carl gave out those bags last week. May I show, show me that bag, would you? We gave out these bags. If you weren't here last week, we gave out these bags with aloha. And these bags we gave out so that it wasn't for you to go down to the store and go down to Long's and buy as much toilet paper as you could and take that home. It actually was we gave that to you so that you'd pray into being willing to step out of your comfort zone and to bless somebody else with it. And we, I want you to know, in the coming weeks, we're going to tell you amazing stories about God's grace as we, our congregations have done that. But let me tell you that story. So he's, so I was talking to the guy, and he says, oh, you know, such a great idea. My wife and I went to the store. We had a neighbor in mind who's mm, a little difficult, but we figured this, this was our opportunity to really bless her so that we went to the store, and we're walking down the aisles praying, Lord, what would we get her? And as we walked down the, st- as we walked down the aisleways of the store, we started to actually argue. We, we were like, all of a sudden we came under attack. We couldn't agree on what she might need. We, didn't, we just couldn't hear from God. In fact, we were so discouraged. We said, look it, we're gonna have to come back. We're gonna have to pray and come back and do that. Because see, like I said, you don't face opposition when you're doing something wrong. You face it when you're doing something right. That couple felt opposition. They wanted to do something amazing for the girl, the lady but they felt opposition. Let me tell you something else. When one of my jobs around here way back when was to help get a team together and get us onto this property. It was a crazy time, and we were just developing the property, and we had to go to the neighbors down here at the Castle Hills. We had to go into the neighborhood boards. We had to go into different city offices. We had to get everybody's fate. We had to be... They had to find favor with us. We had to get everybody's approvals. So we had to go about telling everybody about what we had planted. And, if, and there was some opposition out there, but we thought we had taken care of that. We had answered their questions. And we felt really good about the direction we were going and the fact that the neighborhoods around us and the larger Kaneohe community was for us. And one day, Jim Mendoza, he was a, he's a reporter around. I think he's still around here after all these years. He calls me. About 4.30 at the office in Kaneohe. He goes, Pastor, can you give us a comment on the demonstration the neighborhood's having today that they're opposing your project? Do you have a comment on that? And I'm going, huh? What? I knew nothing about it. He goes, yes, they're, they're planning this big demonstration. All the news channels are going up there. They're going to they're, they're 
have a demonstration because they're not in favor of your church. I, can, you, can I just tell you the discouragement I felt right then? I mean, I was driving up there. I got up there around 5.30 up into the community. The, the original way into our property was through the neighborhood and up Pelly Street and then onto our property. And the neighborhood had organized this big traffic jam, if you will, showing that how bad the traffic would be if we came in. And I go over to the, the guy that organized it in the community, Greg. I said, Greg, what's up? What are we doing? And all of a sudden, all the microphones got put in my face. It was, it was incredible. And I found myself at the, the, the lead story at the 6 o'clock news on all three channels. It was scary. But I drove home from that that day because the, 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 the community had their argument against us. But I knew God would be for us. Although I went home discouraged, I knew God had ordained us to be on this property. We're here today. But, if, but for a while there, I was super discouraged. Listen, you don't, ex- you don't experience opposition when you're doing something wrong. You experience it when you do something right. So I just want to, in the time I have with you today, I want to talk about Nehemiah, and I want to talk about two different things the enemy uses to discourage us all the time. The first, if you're taking notes, is the enemy wants to discourage us from the outside. In, in, in Nehemiah's time, there was a whole group of people that live outside the wall, that were always fighting with them. There was always discord, political disagreements. There was just craziness all the way back outside the wall. And let me, just if you're a Bible scholar and if you want to know more about it, those people groups that were outside the walls of Jerusalem were literally the group of people that when God brought the Israelites into the promised land, those people were taken out and had to move out. So they had never got over their resentment for being taken out of that line, the land, and so they were always on the back of the Jews that lived there. Always. So there's a couple of things. So that, that outside world, even in your world, whatever that looks like, the enemy will always try to discourage you from the outside. And what does that look like? In Nehemiah's time, it meant those, those communities outside were on their back. So if you open your Bibles to uh, Nehemiah 4, 1 through 3, it says this. Sam Ballot, and Sam Ballot was a governor of some of those people. He says Sam Ballot was very angry when he learned that they were building the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of them, his friends and the uh, Sumerian army officers, What does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they really think they can build a wall in a single day just by offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something out of these stones from this rubbish heap? Even the charred ones. The the folks were, he was telling, do you really think you can do this? He was throwing discouragement at them right and left. Can I just say this? Can I give you a couple of things that the outside world's going to do to you when you try to do something good for God? First, they're going to throw obstacles at you from the outside. They're going to heave these obstacles at you. The day we're living in today, right now, can I say one of the obstacles that causes discouragement in your life is watching too much news. Way too much news. Can I just encourage you 
for sure, you need to know what's going on. It's important to know what the president says and his team. But can I just encourage you, instead of watching news all day long, just having it running, because that, that news is going to depress you and discourage you. Can I just encourage you? We live in Hawaii. We live in the remotest place on the planet. What happens over there is important to know, but what happens here is really important to know. So can I encourage you to watch the local news? Just let that soak in because they don't have a political agenda. They don't have any agenda but to inform you of what's going on. Too much news equals complete discouragement. But, what, but even on a greater plane, a greater plane. When you're trying to do something for God, I promise you God's going to throw obstacles your way. I met this couple uh, during the summer at I Was Broke But Now I'm Not. An amazing time about helping guys, our family, our church family get out of debt. So this family talked to me and they said, hey, would you consider coaching us? We, we need some coaching. We need our communication skills because we, we, we're fighting over money. I said, sure, I'd be, I would be glad to meet with you. It's super important. And I said, hey, can you write down what your goals are? What, what is it you really want to do? And here's what they told me. They wanted to get a place in their finances that God would be honored. They wanted to get to a place in their finances where they would actually be able to tithe. It was really important to them. Not only when they, did they want to tithe, but they wanted to make sure they had that rainy day fund. And here's what, here's what they really wanted to do too. After they had that rainy day fund, they started, they called it the God Fund. And they wanted to put money in that fund so that any time they had an opportunity to bless somebody, they had that funds available. When God put it on their heart to do something, they wanted to be able to do it for the first time. And I, and I was so proud of these guys, and we were working through it. And one of the, the, the times that we we're going to meet, he calls me. He goes, Rob, we're not going to meet, man. Sorry. My engine just blew on my truck. And he said, I, I'm, I coasted down the leaky leaky. I'm right there at the, the big turn as you go into Kaikili, but we can't come back. I said, hey, I'll come down right now. I'm right here at the office. Let me come down and be with you. In fact, on my phone, I happen to have a number for a tow truck. Do you want, him to, want me to call him? And he goes, oh, man, that'd be awesome. Can you call him? So I did, and I got the tow truck guy coming there. So I raced down to be with them, and I can tell you, I've never seen a couple more discouraged. They were, they were really discouraged. They were wondering, what's going on here, God? We worked so hard to get ahead and the, and the tow truck driver was there, and the guy asked, how much is that going to cost if I fix this? And he goes, $3,000 minimum. And trust me, they were, they were discouraged. But here's the ticker. So he, takes, he had to take the bus to work in Mapunapuna the next day. He goes to work, and the boss goes, what's going on? And he told him the story. At the end of the day, just before he had to leave to catch the bus home, the owner of the company says, hey, Tell you what, I, I have another car at home. I don't need to drive the company truck every day. I want you to drive the company truck for as long as you want. No charge. And if you need gas, you put it on the credit card of this company. You, amazing. Here's the deal, though. He said, now I want you to keep the truck long enough for you to save the money that you need to buy a new truck, a better truck than you had right now. They were blown away. They went from discouragement to blown away by what God would do. But I promise you, when you're trying to move something new further in your life, when you want something to really happen, you're really praying into it, promise you, be careful. 
Obstacles might come, but God will overcome them. Second, second thing I want you to know is when God wants to discourage you from the outside, criticism is coming your way. When you want to do something great for God, when you want to change the world for God, you have to get ready because some people might be criticism. <laughs> yeah, can I give you another story from our congregation? Amazing. A few weeks back, I, I spoke on generosity. And this couple had already been thinking about, hey, along the way, they, they might want to foster a child, get in the foster, the foster system so that they could actually oversee a child. But that sermon, he said, they, they told me, you know, that sermon, and God really spoke to us. We were going to do it. We decided to do it. In fact, we had a family meeting. They had three kids, two, two girls and, and a son. And they had brought the team, the, brought the family together and said, hey, what do you think about us raising a foster child? And they, girls, the girls said, I want out of my, we'll put together, we'll, we'll sleep together in the same room so that we can make this amazing room for our new sister because they had agreed to get a girl. It was crazy good. And, the, and they were just so excited. So the, the wife calls her mother-in-law on the mainland and says, hey, we've decided, we're so excited. We're going to foster a child. And the first thing that came out of that lady's mouth was, why would you do that? You can't even afford the family you have now. She was crushed. I mean, crushed with discouragement. That criticism was, she just, it was, I mean, it literally knocked her on her knees. But here's the deal. When husband came home and they got together and talked about it, God said, God told him, no, this is a God moment. No one's criticism is going to take us away from what God has ordained us to do. Don't let your criticism take you off with God's plan. Are you hearing me? If you're going to change the world, if you're going to do something significant for God, if God's called you to be a game changer, promise you criticism is, is a part of it. Anyone, any one of us who stands on the stage at Anchor Church on the weekend, Pastor Carl, Pastor Trevor, myself, any of the worship team, guess what? We're open for criticism. It's just, it, it comes with the territory. Criticism comes with the territory. But I want you to know, you know what Nehemiah did when criticism came his way? He took it right to God. Took it right to God. God, take this. Don't let me get on the defensive. Don't let me be offended by this. Don't let me find rebellion and don't let me experience revenge, Lord. Don't let me go there. Here's an amazing verse in the Bible. In Romans, it says, God says, don't worry about revenge. Revenge is mine, says the Lord. I'll take care of that for you. That's an amazing verse in Romans. See what God says? Don't let criticism take you down and discourage you and, and take away that dream that I put on your heart. Are you hearing me? It's important for you to know. The second thing I want you to know, too, is this. So the enemy wants to discourage you from the outside, but he also wants to discourage you from the inside. And this one's even more personal. This one's more intense, if you will. Here, here, let me read you the, in, in the word in Nehemiah's life. See, they're building the wall. They got about halfway up, and all of a sudden, inside their camp of their own people, they got discouraged. Here's what it says in, in Nehemiah 4.10. It says, Then the people of Judah became, began to complain. The workers were getting tired, and there was so much rubble to move. 
we will never be able to build this wall ourselves. See, they, they got down on themselves. All of a sudden, discouragement came from the inside. And they were talking amongst themselves. And Man, this thing's been down for 140 years. We don't really got this. Because what are we thinking? We could never do this. What are we up to here? And all of a sudden, discouragement came in the camp. Are you hearing me? Sometimes we're trying to press forward for God to do something that he's told us to do, and all of a sudden, the discouragement comes from within. within. It might even come from doubt. I mean, that's what, happened. that's what happens. A friend came to church. He, he comes to here, and he came to the office before the end of the year because he was bidding on a job at Hickam. And he came to me and says, can you please pray over this bid? I'm going to, this is going to be the biggest bid I've ever put in. But I feel God's called me to do this. I said, I would love to. So I prayed over it. The minute I got done praying for it, he goes, oh, you know what? I probably shouldn't be doing this. This is way over my head. I don't know what I'm doing here. I said, dude, wait. You just said that God called you to do this. And all of a sudden, discouragement came the enemy filled your mind with lies. And all of a sudden, you started believing those lies and you were overwhelmed. No, don't get off track. Don't let dis discouragement come from the inside. I mean, just recently, my wife, who's with us here this, tonight, she, had to, she was going to teach at the sisterhood and she was working on her message. But I could hear in her voice, I don't know what I got to say. Will it, will it be good enough? See, discouragement comes our way. Don't allow the enemy inside the camp to allow you to not follow through with God, what God has for you. Are you hearing me? Yeah. So my time left here, I wanted to talk about this, how to defeat discouragement. I talked about all the discouragement and all the ways it comes at you. Let me talk about the most important, how to overcome discouragement. Here's what Nehemiah said in, in, four, in, in chapter 4, verse four, uh, 14. It says this. Then, as I looked over the situation, as I was looking at all the things, the surmounting issues that we had, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We can do this. Now, if Nehemiah lived in the New Testament time, he would say this. Don't be afraid. For greater who is in you than who is in the world. Here's what it says in John 14. Uh, 1 John 4, it says this. But you belong to God, dear brothers and sisters. You have already won the victory over those people. Because the spirit who lives you in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Here's the other thing. God says, if if I am for you, nobody can be against you. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible is in Romans 8. And it says, don't be afraid. For who can separate us from the love of God? Can famine, can the uh, coronavirus, can anything separate us from there? No. Let me read it for you. It says, for I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life or angels or demons. Neither the fear of today or the worry about tomorrow. Not even the power in hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation is able to separate us from God's love who is in 
Christ Jesus. How to defeat discouragement. And what Nehemiah would tell you, remember what the Lord has done for you. Remember what the Lord has done for you. In verse 14, it says, remember the Lord who is great and gracious and awesome and fights for, you, fights for your brothers, your sisters, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Remember what God did and is doing for you. When discouragement, how to defeat, how to defeat discouragement? Is never forget what God's done in you and through you. He's talking to the Jewish people. Nehemiah is talking to the Jewish people, reminding them of what God had done for them. Of course, they're remembering, hey, they took us out of slavery. They brought us across the Red Sea. They brought us into the promised land. Don't forget, you're discouraged now. Don't forget what God did for you. Don't allow discouragement to, be, to overwhelm you, but actually defeat it. Be, don't be overcome by it. And remembering what the Lord has done for you. You're hearing me? What about in your life? What has God done for you? I mean, I can easily go back to many years ago, 40 years ago or so, whatever it was, when my marriage was on the rocks. It was, we were halfway in divorce court and the rest were sliding in. We, had, we thought it was over. And God came in our lives in such a powerful and miraculous way. It was unbelievable. Anytime, anytime something comes up in my life that I think is gonna overwhelm me, and discourage me, I just think back on what God did in my marriage. God did when I prayed about my kids. God did when I prayed for other people and watched them come through time and time again. So when discouragement comes your way, the way to overcome it is just clue in to God. And remember what he's done for you. And secondly, when you're overcoming discouragement, is focus on what's important. Focus on what's important. It says this, me and Nehemiah 14, continuing that verse, he goes, and fight for your brothers, your sisters, your daughters, your wives, and your home. In this unprecedented time, focus on what's important. Make sure that there is harmony in your home when all this is coming at you at one time, all this fear and anxiety, the most important thing is that you focus on that. Allow God so into your home that you can literally tangibly feel his embrace when things overwhelm you. But stay focused on what's really important because there's a lot of things out there right now that we literally have no control over. Focus on what's important. Grab your family, grab your friends, grab your folks in your connect group and the people, your neighbors, your extended family and focus on them. Help them through this crazy time. Focus on them because every one of those people are probably feeling discouraged and you have the power in your Holy Spirit, the dunamis power to speak into their life, to pray into their life for them to overcome the discouragement in their lives. Pray with me. Lord, we are living in unprecedented times. And many of us, many of us 
are feeling discouraged. Not just because of the coronavirus, but every time we've pushed in and we've moved in to do something for you, Lord, that we've moved in to step up for you, Lord, sometimes discouragement has overwhelmed us. And Lord, I bind that in Jesus' name. I bind discouragement in Jesus' name from any one of us that are looking at this with, with me right now, Lord. I just pray your anointing, your blessing on this time, Lord Jesus. And if any of you out there have never come to experience God, you've never come to know his grace, you've kept God at an arm's distance, actually even not even considering that there was a God, but now, now your life is turned upside down and you're going, yes, I want to know more about it. I want to give you an opportunity to truly know God. The word says that if you can confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he died for your sins, you will be saved. And right now, if that's you, if your heart knows I need God, let me pray. Pray with me right now. Pray with me. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for doing my thing my way and not acknowledging your presence, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'd come into my heart, Lord. Change me. I believe in you, Lord. I believe that you died for my sins, Lord. Lord, come. Lead me, Lord, through this crazy time. Allow me to get to know you, Lord. And I pray for the people right now that are they're asking you into their lives, Lord, that they would tangibly feel you, Lord, that you would open their eyes to the glory of you like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed with me, you can go to that app or a website and just check, hey, I, I just prayed with that guy. We love to know who's praying with us. So I hope that encourages you today as we, we go through this uncharted water. May I pray that you have the peace of God and may that you and i pray that you'd have an amazing week in jesus name